Welcome to Midlife Confidence, where it's all about women living a fulfilling life as they move beyond 40, 50, and 60. I'm Vana Davis, a certified life coach with 20 years of my own midlife journey behind me. And just like you, my best years still ahead. I'll take you inside real life coaching with a guest client so you can see for yourself how a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. Good morning. I am so happy to share with you my new friend, Stephanie Olson. We just met recently online, and so I'm happy for you to get to meet her too. And Stephanie is a speaker, an author, she's a worship leader in her church, and she's the CEO of the Set Me Free Project. And that's a prevention organization on human trafficking, right, Stephanie? Yes. Thank you so much, Vana. I appreciate being here. Yeah, we're really excited for this conversation because I know you have a lot to share that will really help women who are in midlife. Yes, midlife. That's always (laughs) fun. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and your family? Yeah. So I am a mom of three. I have an adult daughter who is actually living in New York and I've got two teenagers, a 17 year old daughter and a 15 year old son. Mm -hmm. So they definitely keep me very busy. I have a wonderful husband and an adorable fur baby and (laughs) um, just really focused on being a wife, mom, and then of course a CEO, which is no easy task to run um, a nonprofit, but yeah, life is, life is a journey. (laughs) I know. I have a personal question for you. Do you mind sharing your age? Absolutely. I am 52 years old. Yeah. And here's what I will tell you about that. So I'll I'll turn 53 in January. That would have been really hard for me to say <laughs> about a year ago. Oh, it, really? That recently? Yes, yes. I have really learned to embrace my age and mm-hmm. learn to embrace everything that comes with it, which is actually a lot of amazing stuff. We tend to be wiser and a little bit more calm when we're older. And so I've really Hmm. learned to embrace my age. That's so great. So what made this switch for you? What helped you feel differently about it? You know, that is a great question. I think that for so long, and, and this is certainly part of my story, but my life was so based on finding value and worth in looks or Mm -hmm. in other people. And, you know, I was abandoned by my biological father when I was very, very young. And so really, I was kind of the cliche looking for love in all of the wrong places, Mm -hmm. and really spent all of that time looking for my value and worth in things that were external. And I think that I just, I started to look at women who were my age and older, and just how incredibly passionate they still were about the things they were doing, how amazing they were in their work and in their families, and Mm -hmm. how much they had brought along with them as they learned to age gracefully. And I think that clicked. That's really just clicked. Yeah, I think we have to be intentional about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear more about your personal story of figuring out what you wanted to do in midlife, 
Did you yeah. ever feel kind of lost, like you weren't sure what to do with your life and what would feel meaningful? Yeah. Sometimes I still do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good. Good to hear that. <laughs> yes. I grew up, as I said, I was uh, abandoned by my biological father. And I'll share this story just because I think it's really pertinent to what happened as I grew. But my mom was uh, dating my biological father who was black. She is white. This was in the late sixties. And so I was conceived out of wedlock with biracial parents. So all of that kind of sets me up in the sixties for a really rough road ahead. Mm -hmm. And he was extremely abusive and she escaped from that relationship when I was only one years old, which at the time is so incredibly brave and amazing of her to do. And so my biological father never did anything to contact me, to reach out to me. And the abandonment of a, a parent, when you look at trauma in early childhood is just tremendous. And so mm. that really set me up for a lot of issues. She did marry my dad. And I always make the distinction of my father and my dad, because any man can be a father. It takes a very special man to be a dad. And so right. I always make that distinction. So my life was growing up. It was fine. We had moved in with my grandparents early on, and then she married my dad and he was a wonderful, wonderful man, but there's no human that can repair that void and that mm. loss. And so I spent my years just searching. I had several eating disorders growing up. And then when I was in high school, I found alcohol and that really changed the trajectory of my life. I, I felt uh, more beautiful. I felt funnier and it really allowed me to numb that pain that I was dealing with all of those years. And that continued I, I wound up in a, a very abusive marriage myself early on mm -hmm. in my early 20s and just a lot of a lot of pain there. And fortunately, got out of that marriage, but by the grace of God met my incredible husband and he is amazing. But I was still drinking. I was still drinking every day. I was blacking out every night and yet I was a functional alcoholic. And I always saw alcoholism as I'm not an alcoholic if I'm not sitting under a bridge with a bag. I mean, that was my mindset. That's your criteria and you're not yes. that. So exactly. you must be okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so it, it really affected my life, not only obviously just the alcoholism, but because I didn't see it as what it is. I made excuses. I justified. At this point, I had my daughter, um, my oldest daughter, and she was just a little girl and I would put her to bed at night and in her crib and not remember doing that the next morning. Mm -hmm. And so it, it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that I was an alcoholic. In fact, I called AA to see how I could cut back. They don't do that. <laughs> they don't teach you to cut back. It is all or nothing. And so it has been quite a journey, but by the grace of God and people and tools that he put in my life, I, I got sober and it started my journey in a very different direction. Oh, that's wonderful. 
You know, trauma, you talk about the trauma. And as a life coach, I often see women even so far into their life. And yet this trauma in childhood still affects how they feel about themselves, what they think is possible for them and how they trust others, even how they trust God. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times because we compare our trauma to other people, we tend to look at, well, my trauma is not that bad, or is it really trauma? And mm-hmm. so then we discount it and we don't heal from it. How can people understand what is your definition of trauma? And, and maybe they've never labeled it that in their life. Yeah. And maybe that's part of why they haven't been able to heal from it yet. I think that's a really good, well, there's There's three different types of trauma. There's acute trauma, which is something that happens one time, maybe a car accident, for example, and you have trauma from that. And that can be extremely severe trauma that can affect you over time. But then there's trauma that is chronic, which is over time, you might, that would be more abuse, Mm -hmm. um, whether childhood abuse, domestic abuse, things like that. And then there's complex trauma which looks very much like PTSD and things like that. And so we all have trauma. There's trauma in every aspect of our life in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And what I think is really important to remember is trauma is trauma is trauma. My experience might be something that you might look at and say, gosh, that was either really horrible or really not bad, but it doesn't change how trauma impacts the brain and how trauma impacts Mm -hmm. life. And so I think it's just really important to remember that traumatic events, regardless of what they are, impact us. And, and we all have had traumatic events in our lives. Okay. If someone is just now coming to terms with, you know, things that have happened, realizing they maybe rose to the level of what you call trauma, but they've never really found help, what would you suggest to someone like that? What would be their first steps? Definitely get help. I think therapy is a great thing. Really, it is the people who are getting therapy that are the healthiest. And so I'm a a real advocate of therapy and life coaching, get a life coach that, that can help you walk through those things. And I think really help you make those decisions for yourself. And, and of course I'm, I'm a woman of faith. And so I really do believe, you know, pressing into God and Mm -hmm. just really making that a priority is so critically important. Yeah. Well, how did your trauma kind of influence what you decided to do with your speaking, with your nonprofit? How does that tie in? Yeah. So I I actually started um, a women's ministry back when I really was confused as a believer. I would sit in church and I would think, gosh, all of these people around me have it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their their church face on and they are mm-hmm. living a great life. And here I, I was still drinking, just dying inside. And I thought, gosh, I have no one to go to. Who can I tell? And that's really how my ministry was born. It was really teaching women how to live a life of victory in Christ and really being able to be authentic Mm -hmm. and 
a safe person to talk to, and just recognizing that we are not perfect. None of us are perfect, and we all have our things, and we really need to create a place for us to go and share some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how the ministry was born. I wanted to do something where women could come together, have a journey for a day, and have it be completely free. Because it was really important to me that women could get free childcare through this, free lunch, things like that. So we would have events and it would just be a journey from the beginning of the day, have speakers, we'd have worship, we'd have skit. End of the day, you had an encounter with God and just really saw women's lives changed. That continued for years and I loved it and I traveled And it was so much fun. And then one of my coworkers said, hey, let's help sex trafficked victims. Now, we had been working a lot with women in the area of addiction and homelessness and domestic violence, but we had no idea what that meant. Mm. (laughs) I really had this idea that it was these women who were kind of coming in from overseas and being used and abused. And it was the movie taken. I mean, that was my mindset of sex trafficking. When we started to research it and really find out what it was, we realized, gosh, that is not what it looks like at all. And it really is both men and women, girls and boys who are deceived because somebody is building a relationship with them often through social media. And so it looked very, very different than what we thought it was. And at the time, my kids were younger and I realized, gosh, wait a minute. So if they are the targets of trafficking, who is talking to them? And who is talking to their parents? Because no one's told me about this. And so that's really how we began the Set Me Free Project, completely separate organization than the one before. And we now have a curriculum from third grade through college age for youth. And we go directly into classrooms and talk to kiddos about prevention of sex trafficking, human trafficking as a whole, because labor trafficking as well, social media safety and healthy relationships. And we make it fun interactive. We laugh a lot despite the topic. Mm -hmm. So God kind of plucked me out of this thing I loved and put (laughs) me into this, (laughs) this area, which really wound up being a, a journey of obedience. Oh, that's great. I love that. Because I find that we just don't necessarily... All of a sudden, we know what we're going to do for the rest of our life. We've discovered our purpose. We even use the words, find your purpose, right? right. Like we're going to find that thing yes. and that's going yes. to be it. And we're done. <laughs> yeah, but it's this unfolding. And I feel like we were designed to keep leveling up or branching out. Yes. So there's going to be this continued journey, even once you start to step into the path. <laughs> that is so true. And I think when I talked about embracing my age, I think that was a really difficult thing for me because I tended to waste so much of my young adulthood. My 20s was a complete blur of alcohol and drugs. And so Mm -hmm. that I look back on and think, oh, I look at some of these incredible 
incredibly smart and and strong and active young people in their 20s who are living their life in a very positive way. And I think, oh, I'm jealous. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was a part of that that thought, okay, I'm too old to begin this journey. And what is so great about life is that you are never too old to begin a journey. And sometimes on purpose, God puts you in a situation later in life because, you know, for whatever reason. Because that experience and the journey that you were on prepared you to do what you're doing now, right? Yeah. And it is hard to compare. And it's not that being older or younger is better, but that we're all needed. Like we all need to show up with what we have, the young people might have certain skills or enthusiasm or energy, whereas we have the wisdom and experience and we need to come together and and fit it together. That is a great way to say it. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's exactly right. I love that. So what does all this extra work, which adds a lot to your life, I'm sure, what does it add to your life that is of value? You know... Wow. That's a good question. Maybe another way to ask it is why do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that for me, I just really have such a passion for youth. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we can reach one kiddo with that, that's everything. And it is extremely fulfilling knowing that we can be that safe person for a a kiddo to come to and say, Hey, I'm I'm in trouble. And we have seen the disclosure. And when I say disclosures, I mean, letting us know about things in their life, sexual abuse, sex trafficking, whatever it may be. We have seen those increase so much over the last two years and our kiddos are really struggling. And so to be able to make a difference, plant a seed that mm-hmm. can build a harvest. That's, that's huge. That's, that's huge. wonderful. Well, Stephanie, I heard on a podcast, this idea recently that we are in the best position to help the person we used to be. Mm. It just seems like you are doing that so beautifully, having gone through hard times, trauma yourself, and then reaching to help other people through it. Yeah, I just honor you for all the good you're bringing to the world. Is there anything else you wanted to be sure you got to share today or that came up while we were talking? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to really embrace who you are, who God has made you to be. I think for so many years, I tried to be someone I wasn't. And I tried to fit in into areas that I didn't. And I think it wasn't until I really learned, gosh, you know what? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made me this way. And I'm just going to embrace that. Wrinkles and all, I think each wrinkle says, hey, this is something that you've accomplished in your life. And, you know, menopause isn't fun, but it says we've made it to that point. (laughs) And I think that just really embracing who we are and who God made us to be is so critical. Yeah. I had a client share with me a quote. It was actually Matthew McConaughey who said this, but he Mm -hmm. said that we find joy when we are doing what we were fashioned to do. Mm -hmm. And it just sounds like you found that spot. And that is what we're all seeking for. 
Yeah, I love that. That's good. Thank you. It's been wonderful having you, Stephanie. How can people find you or reach you or see what you're doing? Yes, you can reach me at stephanieolson.com and you can email me at stephanie at stephanieolson.com and that is spelled correctly s-t-e-p-h-a-n-i-e and olson o-l-s-o-n no offense to any of those stephanie's with an f or olson's with an e but yes that's how you find me (laughs) perfect thanks stephanie